This is my first time in this pulpit. <laughs> so this is new for me. Praise the Lord. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, we're in a new, we don't usually do this, but guess what? We're in new wineskins. So we're having a theme. The theme for this September is avoiding ditches. You guys like to ride in the ditch? How many of you have ever taught a teenager how to drive? <laughs> I've taught five. Actually, I'm pretty sure CE came out of the womb knowing how to drive, and I learned from him. That's what I think. Um, but when, when I'm teaching kids how to drive, we always try to avoid those ditches. Hug the center line, right? Hug the center line. Um, but Pastor Charlie used to say all the time, for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. And uh, then Pastor Brad has his own saying that says, make sure your revelation's not a mile deep and a yard wide. So we want to avoid ditches today. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about. It may not be this dynamic spiritual thing, but I promise you it is foundational. And you're going to go away with something today that's going to help you in your walk with the Lord. So I'm just going to give you three options there, that's certainly not exhaustive, but I believe that three that God gave me to share with you today were, um, you know, when we come to church today or anytime, we should be hearing the truth, amen? So I'm going to go on the assumption, you know, this word of God is truth and there's no other truth. This is the truth and we should build everything on it, okay? So I'm going to assume that. Am I, am I sounding funny out there, or is it just me sounding funny up here? Um, so there's three options when you hear the truth. You should be coming to church every Sunday and hear the truth. You shouldn't be coming to get your ears tickled. Do you guys know what that means, to get your ears tickled? That means just tell you some fluff. No, you want to come to, I mean, my goodness, in the day we live, if you're going to take time out of your Sunday morning and get out of bed, Aren't, don't you want to come somewhere that's going to cause you to grow and not just come and eat cake and feel fat and nothing's helped you and you need something else when you're done? If you're going to get out of bed, let's come to church and learn something, amen? So you're going to come and you hear the truth. But the thing is, is everybody hears the truth differently. So Eugene and I were talking about this the other day and he, he had this great, great uh, Example. So I'm going to try to get this. You know, we all, we all come. I don't know if you can read that. This is worldview. When you hear your truth, so this is, this is the first option. You're going to hear your truth through your filter. You have, everybody has filters on their ears. Be Princess Leia today. So you have a filter, and a lot of times it's how you view the world. You can view the world, and I'm not going to go, and this is not a worldview uh, lesson, but how you view the world definitely takes in everything. It, it, it taints everything that you hear, you see, the movies you watch. Uh, it, and, and if your worldview is not based on the word, you're going to have a, you're going to hear even the truth through that worldview. If it's not, 
If it's not based on the word, how you watch a movie, you can, go, you can tell your kids, do you see that? Their worldview is, it's all about me. So how you hear the word today is going to determine what you, what you hear, the truth. Greed. Pastor Margaret's uh, lesson or a little sermonette on uh, tithes and offering. If you heard that, if you heard that through this filter right here, you know what you heard? Ooh, I'm gonna get a bunch of, I'm gonna get a bunch of money back. I'm gonna plant a seed and I'm gonna get a bunch of money back. Is that truth? Absolutely. You plant seed. It's called the saw of the law of seed time and harvest. That is truth. But if you hear that through the filter of greed, that's what you're thinking. That's not God's intent. God's intent is to bless you. So that you can bless others. His, his intent is to get the curse off your money. And to get the curse off your money, you have to be obedient and give him that, that 10% that rightfully belongs. It all belongs to him. Amen? I'm not going to preach a money sermon either. But I'm just saying, if you hear, you know what? This is where the prosperity message has gotten a bad rap. That's the truth. That, that God wants us to prosper. But so many of people have heard it through this filter of greed that it's basically given it a bad rap, even though that it's the truth. We shouldn't give to get. We, should, we get to give. And getting back is a byproduct. Okay. Ooh. This goes with it. Selfish ambition. Same thing. If you hear any truth through selfish ambition... It's all about you, selfishness. Whether, no matter what, you're, if you have a selfish, you're going to hear any message through that, and it's going to be all about you. And it should never be about us because we're called to lay down our lives at the feet of Jesus. And guess what? He bought us. You know, I, one of my kids used to say, can I do such and such with my hair, you know, whatever it was at the time. And it really wasn't about what he could do with his hair, because, you know, honestly, God doesn't really care what you do with your hair. But at, at the moment, his reaction, which revealed his heart, was, well, it's my hair. Can't I do anything? I can do whatever I want with it. And instead of me saying, you're right, it's your hair, I went, the Holy Spirit said, oh no, it is not your hair. You've been bought with a price. You now belong to Jesus. And whatever you do with your hair, you better be asking the Lord. Amen. Now that's just a silly example. But it's the truth. If you totally surrender your life to the Lord, it really isn't about you anymore. And hair may be such a silly thing. But there's all kinds of other things that we have the liberty to do. And yet we think, well, I can do it because I can do it. And never once have you asked, am I going to cause someone else to stumble? Uh, Holy Spirit, is this where you want me to go? Is this what you wanted me to do? And I'm not talking about hair, but hey. You know what? He's pretty smart, and he knows what's best looks on you. 
I have asked the Lord sometimes, Lord, I need a new hairstyle. He helps me. He helps me with everything. All right, past trauma. We're just going to go through some of these really quick. Past trauma. This, this is probably a pretty thick filter. You know, you might hear the, the truth of this word on how to raise your kids. There, did you know there really is an instruction manual? People said, I wish they had an instruction manual on how to raise kids. Guess what? There really is an instruction manual. The manufacturer made one. He knows exactly what your little kid needs, and it's right here. But if you're listening to that past trauma, guess what? There's a bunch of messed up people in the world. And guess what those messed up people did? Those messed up people had kids. And those messed up people had kids and messed up their kids. All kinds of abuse has gone on. And if you're listening through that past trauma, guess what? I'm gonna, if I get up here and I start talking about the biblical model of disciplining a child, boop, 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 guess what? Oh, I'm never going to do that. Boop, you just got in the ditch. There's a middle of the road. God, if you, this will, you stick here, and you'll always stay in the middle of the road. And I'm not talking about raising kids today, just FYI. But you see how that's going to always, always affect. If, we're, if someone's up here ministering on marriage, and you were in an abusive marriage at one point, and, and the pastor gets up here and starts talking about submission, boop, 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 guess what? I'm like, I've been there. Oh, no, you don't. I'm, I'm not submitting to anybody who's not submitting to the Lord. Oh, nobody's going to treat me that way. There's my filter just been revealed. There's truth that wants to, he wants to lead you in. But we got to watch out for our filters. And here's the biggest one, is offense. We're hearing through offense. Guess what? This works anywhere. You can be offended at your neighbor this is a big one. Husbands, wives, if you're offended and you hear a message, guess what? You're making sure that they are listening because they sure need it. I sure hope he's listening because he's not treating me right. I sure hope they're listening because they didn't treat me right. They messed up. They sinned. Boy, I hope they're listening. Right there, you're listening through that filter of offense. God wants to speak to you. You let God deal with you, and you let God deal with that person because God can deal with that person so much better and quicker, I might add, than you could if you took care of it. You know, but Mom used to preach about if you had someone here, and you were, if you wanted to get to that person the quickest, you bend down, get on your knees, and you pray, and God can, it, it just... It removes all the obstacles. But as long as you're there, talking to him, telling him, trying to straighten him out, God's like, okay, you do it. You go right ahead. You try to do it. I can't do anything when you're in the way. Get out of the way. Get the offense out of the way. But there's another filter of offense that we so often don't even verbalize because it sounds so, it sounds so sacrilegious. But you can be offended at God. 
you can definitely be offended at God. You got offense against God? Things like, um, well, uh, he let someone I love die. He could have healed them. Why didn't he? That's being offended at God. What about, um, well, I had a baby die. I mean, it, it, most of the time your offense at God is because someone you love died. Or, now I hate to put it this way, but th sometimes we have to be shocked, but we're serving a disobedient God. Are you dictating to God what he's going to do? Sometimes, especially those in the faith movement, we know the word. We know what we're supposed to do. And we've left the truth giver, and we're trying to dictate to God what he's supposed to do and when he's supposed to do it. Well, he doesn't follow our timeline. And, and he's only moved by faith in the word. So, are you offended at God? Is that your filter? So when we're avoiding ditches, you also need to get rid of your filters. And husbands, wouldn't you love to be able to take those filters off your wife? Wives, wouldn't you just, I mean, because honestly, we're really good at figuring things out. And we know exactly what they need to do to fix it, right? But... Um, God's the one who's going to have to come. And he, sometimes there has to be healing come, especially in the past trauma and abuse. But the very fact that you recognize, hey, wait a minute. Because number one, if you're getting offended at a message or the truth, if you get offended at the truth, what I'm, I want to do this morning is to just say, hey, if you're getting offended at the truth, there's a little red flag there, and I need you to look. What kind of filters do I have? What am I hearing this through? And then you're going to have to pray and ask the Lord to remove those filters from you. So number one is check your filters. If you want to avoid ditches, you need to check your filters. Um, and then I'm going to have Eugene come up here for this next one. Oh, there's my little tent. You like my tent? Um, the second filter or no, 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 not filter. The second way that we get in a ditch is sometimes we camp out. We camp out, and Eugene's going to come help me with this. You want to get that stool? It's way in the green room, though. Eugene's going to represent truth. And we all know, while, while he's getting that, we'll just go ahead and read... Um, Let's go ahead and read John 14, 16 through 17 in the NLT. And it says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Oh, we didn't do 16. That's okay. Um, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives within you and later on will be in you. This is Jesus. And he's talking about, hey, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave you the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. The world's not going to recognize him, but you will. So for all intents and purposes, 
Pastor Eugene, is it going to be the Holy Spirit today? <laughs> so, and this is where another ditch comes. So we come, and we're with the Holy Spirit, and he gives us a truth. And instead of staying here, and I'm not going to run because I can't run in these shoes, is we run off. And guess what? We left the Holy Spirit. But then we sit in our little tent, and we just camp here. We camp in this truth right here. We're going to camp in that truth. This is, where, this is where denominations get formed. If we were in the Old Testament, and we would have been um, Naaman, we would have... We would have built a denomination on the seven dippers because he dipped in the Jordan seven times. And that seventh time he was healed. Ooh, hallelujah, he was healed. Okay, if we were like we are now, in the Old Testament, we would have, everyone we come across, we would have said, well, you, if you want to get healed, you have to go and you have to dip seven times. Now, that was, God gave him that. You know why? Because he was following the prophet's word at that time, the prophet. Or let's say you were the man when Jesus was on the earth, and you came across and you were blind. And you went to Jesus, and he spit on the ground and made mud and wiped it all over your eyes. So if we were that truth, there you go. You got to stay on your toes. We would have camped right there. And everyone would come across and go, okay, okay, okay. You just got to spit in the ground and rub it on your eyes and you're going to be healed. No, you can't camp in your truth. You can't camp in your truth. Even so, the, the Baptists were baptism. Now, I'm not saying there's not churches that are Baptist that don't have all kinds of other truths. But what I'm saying is we can't camp there. Now, even if we're us, I never knew what us was when I was growing up. I was like, I don't know what we are. What church do you go to? I don't know. Victory Center. What kind of church is that? I don't know. It's a church. I didn't know. Well, someone said full gospel. Okay, what's well, a full gospel? What's a full gospel? I don't know. The full gospel? Uh, and then I heard some, someone say, oh, it's a word of faith. Oh, okay, the word of faith. I don't know what we are. I'm a Christ follower, okay? This church is going to not camp out, okay? I've been to word of faith churches that camped out there, and that's all they talk about. Now, there's always going to be churches that their gifting is a certain message, but it needs to be well-rounded, and it has to stay with the truth giver, okay? This is, this is my weakness. If God tells me something, he gives me a truth, I immediately, now kids do this all the time at gym. I do it too. I, I want to instruct them in something. Hey, I need you to do this cartwheel this way. And immediately they start running off and they're going to go do it. But I'm like, wait a minute, I still have some instructions. I still have some instructions to give you. And uh, let's go ahead and read. Let me make sure that it's this one. Oh, John 16, 12 through 15 in the message, because this is exactly what he's saying. It says, uh, 
Is it cutting off some of that? It sure is. 12 through 15. Yeah, but it's cutting off the top. It says, I, he says, I still have many things to tell you, is what that said beforehand. I still have many things to tell you. The Spirit of Truth is never going to be done teaching us. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them right now. But when the friend comes, the Spirit of Truth, he will take you by the hand and he'll guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but will make sense out of what is about to happen and indeed about all that that I have done and said. And he will honor me and he will take from me and deliver it to you. So the first part is what I really wanted. He said, he had, you know what? I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord. There's still something to learn. You will have never exhausted the wisdom of the Lord. And the second you think, I've arrived, there's nothing else to learn, that's the start of your downfall. There's always a spirit of truth. You have to keep walking with him. Because when I fellowship with him, he gives me truth all the time. And the tendency is to take that truth and run with it. And you know what? He's a gentleman. He's not going to force me to stay with him. But I oftentimes will leave with my truth. But he's like going, wait a minute. I love you. (laughs) I want you to spend time with me. Right? Hey, we want to avoid ditches? Let's stay with truth. Amen? So avoid ditches by getting rid of your filter. Don't camp out. Don't camp out. And the last one, which is what those of us who've been in church for so, so, so long love to do, is don't make a formula. Don't make a formula. Now, school started, and we're heavy into school. Amen? I actually love school, and I have a confession to make. I love math. I love math, and I love to teach math. But do you know why I love math? Because all you have to have is a formula, and you know the formula, you just plug in the numbers, and you always get the right answer, right? Well, the deal is the the higher you get in math, you get this big chest of formulas. Like you got the quadratic formula, the axis of symmetry, Is it a circle formula? Is it a parabola? Is it a hyperbola? I mean, you've got all, and I know you guys are going, but you have all these formulas. And unless you're walking with the math teacher, and he says, this is the formula you need for this problem, you're going to make some mistakes. This word is full of truth. And you know what? It has the answer that you need, that you're going through right now. But unless you're walking, walking with the truth giver, you're just going to go spouting out a formula. It doesn't become what we call rhema word to you. What word are you hanging on to? That means what has God told you about this situation? 
You can't just go spouting off whatever. If you've been diagnosed with cancer, I can't rely on my teaching that I had 20 years ago. Oh, well, the Bible says by Jesus stripes I'm healed, and then I start quoting all these scriptures that I know because that could just be head knowledge. But if while I'm in his presence, he reveals a scripture to me, I'm going to hang on to that, and I refuse to let it go. And I will be like Abraham, and I will die believing God if I have to, but I will not let this go. That's the kind of tenacity faith that Pastor Charlie used to preach. And that's the kind of tenacity faith that we have to have. The problem is, is the people on the outside don't see into our hearts. And they might think we're in the ditch over here. Or that we're camping out. The truth of the matter is, you can't see my heart. You can't see their heart. That's why those from the outside looking in, why did that person die? Why did this happen to them? Quite honestly, those are the things of the Lord, and we don't know. Because number one, we can't see their heart. Honestly, this is where the fear of the Lord should actually come in. You guys want to know what the fear of the Lord is? It's like hanging on with dear life, saying, I don't want to ever be out of your presence. Because when I'm out of your presence, bad things happen. I need you to go with me everywhere I go. That's the fear of the Lord, saying, you know what? This habit I have, is it hurting you? Is it messing with my this between us? It doesn't mean that you can't do this. It just means it's coming between us. I want to get rid of it. That's what the fear of the Lord is. And you know, as we get close, his presence is such a light that it does shine on those things. You know, those secret sins that we think we have that no one else sees. Those filters all of a sudden get revealed when we're in his presence. It's not that those things are going to send you to hell. But being out of his presence and rejecting him will absolutely and you reject him long enough and you walk over here and you don't pay attention you're gonna fall off don't do it Dave. don't do it don't do it i want to be in his presence you ask what the the fear of the lord the bible says is the beginning of wisdom that's the fear of the lord i am so scared to be out of his presence I am so scared to get in offense because that separates me from him. I do not want to be in unforgiveness because that opens the door for the enemy to come. I want to be in his presence so that he can give me the truth that I need right when I need it. The truth is going to be life and death. You know, Billy Brim, when she was here, said, hard times are coming. I want to be, 
I want my ears to be clear. I want it speaking in my ear. And you know what the spirit of truth, the Bible says? He will never glorify himself, but he will always be in agreement with this. Always. So he, the spirit, that is one filter you better keep on is this filter right here. This filter, he always goes through this filter. He will never tell you to do something that's against the word. He will never tell you, he will never tell you to go kill somebody. Right? He will always tell us to walk in love and crucify our flesh. Right? So today is first Sunday, and we're going to take communion. And part of taking communion, do you have something? Just a minute. Part of taking communion, um, Pastor Charlie used to say it's like a red light. Uh, No, 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 no. It's like a yellow light, a flashing yellow light. So when you take communion, not only do we remember, we remember what Jesus did for us. We remember his sacrifice. We remember the blood that washed away our sin. We remember the bread. We remember his body. But it's also time to say, okay, Lord, I'm doing this, and remember to you, I need you to shine your light on my life. Reveal to me those things in my life that I need to change, that is coming in between you and me. Okay, go ahead. What did you have? We were talking there about uh, being led by the Holy Spirit um, daily, uh, moment by moment, actually. And the reality is is that um, to stay balanced, to stay in the middle of the road, is a... It is a constant process of correction. As you, it, those of you who drive cars, you know that if you let go of the wheel and you let it go where it wants to for long enough that you will end up in one ditch or the other. So the process is, a, is, is that we are constantly correcting, that we are constantly moving the wheel to stay in our lane to stay on that straight and narrow or the, or the middle of the road or uh, out of the ditch. And that doesn't happen on yesterday's revelation. I, I corrected myself yesterday, so I should be okay today. Your car will go in the ditch. You will end up in the ditch if we, we will, I will end up in the ditch if I am not daily, constantly, moment by moment, asking God and approaching the Holy Spirit each day saying, how is this with me? What do you say to me? What are you speaking to me in this moment? And those days that we go without it, those moments, those decisions that we make that are not uh, to take, take the time to, to ask his uh, advice and his counsel, or uh, in, we are in danger of, of getting off, of heading for a ditch. And so just to back up or to reiterate what Kim is saying today is communion is part of that process. It's not the answer. It's not the answer, but it is part of the answer. It's part of the process. It is part of us acknowledging, Jesus, what you did for me. And remembering that and allowing the, 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 the communion process of remembering 
that his body was broken for us and remembering that his blood was shed for us and allowing that as a opportunity to recognize that caution light to say, am I, am I doing what I need to do? And the reality is, is that is between you and the Lord. He's speaking to you. If we said anything today that would, uh, that would encourage you, that would challenge you, that would uh, uh, entice you to say, yeah, that is something I need to work on. That is something that you and the Lord, is, is something between you and Him and allowing Him to speak to you and you finding the ways to hear His voice and responding and, and choosing obedience over what the flesh would do. It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the Word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victory Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.